I just had to floss on you guys. I just had to flex real quick because I'm wearing an avatar, uh, last airbender. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just got to flex on y'all real quick. All right. It is pretty dope. It's kind of cheap, but, uh, this has nothing to do with my sermon, but I think the best type of bending is earth bending and toff is the only reason why anyone should watch, uh, the avatar last airbender. Uh, who doesn't know what the avatar last airbender is? Okay, we're going to help you, all right? All right? You're like, oh, man, exposed. <laughs> Do you know? He knows. All right. Well, I'm so glad you're here tonight. I'm so stoked. It's going to be a great night. God is already doing stuff. So check this out. Um, I, I, last week was really awesome. Uh, I'm still really dealing with what we called help for the hustle and the silence and solitude. I was trying to practice silence and solitude and then DotBot decided to get sick. And so DotBot, if you don't know who DotBot is, it's uh, it. it. She, <laughs> she is my daughter. She's five months. She got sick. And last night was really rough. So it is what it is, silence and solitude. But uh, I, I just want to say welcome back for those of you that were here last week. And I want to say welcome to those of you that are brand new. I know there's some of you in here. Just, just shout out to my boy Kenneth over here. I know, I know you're new. I just, just want to shout you out like your hat. Uh, but I'm excited to get into God's word tonight. Uh, this series, uh, we're getting introduced into the life of Jesus and how he handled the busyness of life. So this series in week two, it's called Help for the Hustle. Say, Help for the Hustle. Say, I need help. Turn to your neighbor and be like, you need help. Turn to your other one and be like, you right. You right. You right. I want to read you Matthew 11. You'll see it on the screen. If you got your Bible, say, uh-huh. If you're ready to read it, say, oh, yeah. And if you have yet to turn on your Bible, turn on your glow Bible. We're going to be in the book of Matthew 11, chapter, well, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And if you don't have a Bible, I want to give you a Bible, so find me after service. But we have this thing called the Sky Bible. Hey, Sky Bible. It's like Siri, but saved. And so we're going to read this. It says this, Jesus said, are you tired? Say amen. Are you worn out? Are you hungry? <laughs> That's not on there. But we in a fast. Burned out on religion. It says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. That sounds like a good life to me, right? I, that sounds really, really good to me. In our heart of hearts, we all kind of want that life, the life that Jesus is offering us in this moment. And I want to say Jesus has it for you. I want to say it may take saying no to some good things because they have become ultimate things in our life. Right? We're saying no to some things in this fast, right? Like that's saying no. That's saying I'm gonna say no to these things so that I can say yes to God's things, the things that He has for us. And I know, I know that really God wants to do something in your life, and and I know He wants to help us in this time, but we need help because we've been taught by culture to hustle. I shared last week that I used to run a store out of my locker. Right, I used to run snacks out of my locker, and I got caught because I started doing drinks, and then people found out. They're like, wait a minute, hold up. We don't have Red Bull in the, in the school. I'm like, and they caught me. 
and I got in trouble. So we have this idea that we've got to work, work, work to get what we deserve. And God wants to help us in life as we hustle, as we get things done, as we're busy. But ultimately, he's saying, when it comes to having a relationship with me, there's nothing you can do. It's freely given. It's grace. It's this relationship. And so here's something funny. We need help for the hustle. I, um, I did VBS as a kid. Does anybody know what VBS is? Vacation Bible school? Is that a thing here, Pastor Joey? It is a thing? Did we ever do it here? VBS? Yes? No? Yes? No? Variations of VBS. So VBS was like during the summer, if your parents didn't want to deal with you, they dropped you off at a church that did a VBS, which basically it was just daycare where your parents went and did whatever. So I learned the Bible from so many different churches because my mom would literally drop me off at like a Baptist church. Would then, when that VBS finished, she would drop me off at a Lutheran church and then she would drop me off at a Presbyterian church. If you don't know what any of those things are, those are denominations of Christians that all disagree and agree on things. Long story short, I learned the Bible in so many different ways. I also learned the Bible in really really the most fun way and to me the most real way and that is from a tomato and a cucumber yeah 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 on the count of three shout out what it is one two three i learned the bible from veggie tales if you don't know what veggie tales is just go on youtube look up veggie tales because it's awesome it's literally vegetables that teach you the Bible. But I learned something like God is bigger than the, than the boogeyman. Than the boogeyman. And one of the greatest superheroes of all time. Larry Boy. Larry Boy could have defeated Thanos all by himself. True story. But when it, when it comes to the Bible, I started learning it from so many different ways. And I realized we all have had some kind of different experience when it comes to the Bible, right? Some of us have grown up in churches and others are here for the first time today. And as we look at the life and ministry of Jesus in the four Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tonight we're going to acquire another tool that is going to let us off of this treadmill of striving and hustling and into what we read in Matthew, the unforced rhythms of grace today. So are y'all ready to go? Say, we ready? We ready? Lord, this is your word, not mine. And Lord, don't let me preach it in a way that you didn't intend it. So God, just move on our hearts tonight. We love your word and we love you. In Jesus' name, everyone says, I want you to look up Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. This is going to be a story, so I need y'all to stick with me. All right? If you see that your neighbor is falling asleep, you have a green light to pinch him in the back of the arm. Just that. I don't need y'all fighting, all right? If you're going to fight somebody, fight Sal. All right? Here we go. Because he can handle it. Luke chapter 2. See it on screen. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. I love this. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, Jesus, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, everybody say three days. 
That's, that's a lot. Three days later, they finally discovered him. Jesus was lost for three days. They finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Boom, next slide, hit me with it. Son, his mother said. Y'all can hear that, right? When your mama yells at you, right? I think this NLT version says son, but if this was like the Puerto Rican international version, like she would have said all of Jesus' names, you know what I'm saying? Like when y'all moms get mad at you, they've like used your full name, right? Your full name, or they call you another sibling's name. You know what I mean? Israel, Ishmael, Juan, you, you, right? So she says, son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? She got the chancla out ready to like spank Jesus, which can you do that? I don't know. Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why do you need to search? He asked. Boy, if you don't show your mom some respect right now. He says, why do you need to search? He asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? This is Jesus talking back to his mother. This is not a green light for you to do it because this is Jesus. You're not. But they didn't understand. They'd be like, Jesus did it, Mom. Like, no, don't do that. But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew, watch this, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. See, did you catch that for a second? Jesus had run off from his parents to go to the temple and really what it is, what they do in the temple is they just talk about the Bible. And so he's meditating on Scripture. He's talking about Scripture. And what did he say at the end? What did it say? It said that Jesus grew in wisdom <laughs> as he grew up in favor with God and all the people. Because Jesus meditated on Scripture, he gained the favor of God and all the people. But what is, when I, growing up, I heard people use that word meditating. Like what does it mean to meditate on Scripture. See, think of it like this. How many of you in this room like to cook? I love cooking. I love cooking. Pastor Joey is, is a nice esteemed cook. Like, he can cook, right? Like, Pastor Joey can cook. I love cooking. Do I got any carnivores in the room? Yeah, like just meat eaters. Like, if I gave you a million dollars, you would spend it all at a Brazilian steakhouse? Yeah, yeah. You're like, yes, I will do that. No, I was like, no, no, I want a salad, right? No. So one of my favorite things, and if you do it right when it comes to some types of meat, is if you want to get something good going, you usually have to marinate it, right? You marinate the meat, right? So many good cooks can marinate. They soak the meat in delicious sauce for anywhere from an hour to overnight, right? I'm going to give you a cooking show. So what does this do, right? I love this. It says, the sauce... The secret sauce soaks into the meat, making it tender, okay, juicy, and flavorful. So watch this. Meditating on God's word is like marinating. <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah, just roll with me for a second, okay? When we soak in God's word, being immersed in it, spending time in God's word, listening to it, we absorb its truth into our life. And because of that, we are tender to the Holy Spirit's promptings in our life and a witness to others tastes good. Right? The way we live our life is appealing and attractive to others. We become more like Jesus when we soak, when we marinate, and ultimately when we meditate. So tonight, right, here are three ways. Our help for the hustle is meditate on Scripture. 
Go ahead, throw it up. Pa-pow. Meditate on Scripture. Meditate on Scripture. Not out there. It's meditate on Scripture. Last week was silence and solitude. That was our help for the hustle last week. This week, it's meditate on Scripture. So I'm going to give you three ways that you and I can meditate on Scripture, okay? Number one, you saw it up there. Oh, there it is. Ah, let's go. Give it up for the guys in the back. Give it up for all the guys in the back. They're awesome. They're awesome. I should pay them. All right. <laughs> three ways to meditate on God's Word. Number one is this. Memorize Bible verses. I'm, I'm going to break it down because some of y'all are like, I lost you already. Because this feels like work. This feels like school. And, and I'm here to convince you that it's not about like learning. It's about life giving. Because scripture isn't just something to learn. It's a, it's, a, it's a place and it's a thing to live by. So memorize Bible verses. That's how you and I get help for the hustle. Because when we meditate on God's word, when we read his Bible we spend time in his presence reading the Bible, ultimately what that does is that it makes an impact on our lives. See, Jesus proved that this is important. So if you are a Christian, that means you follow Christ, right? I would hope, yeah, all of you, yes. Right, and so following Christ means being like Christ. The, the word Christians mean many Christs, right? So like Christ followers. And so if Jesus does something, that's like a green light, and that's like a siren going off in your mind. That's like, if Jesus does it, then maybe I should do it, right? You're like, I should do this. I should do what Jesus is doing. And so it's important that we memorize Bible verses. Here's how Jesus did it. So let's prove. Next one. So actually, it's not up there. There's times where we've seen Scripture where Jesus had to kind of flex his Bible knowledge, right? So he was tempted in the desert. He was tempted by the devil, right? The Sermon on the Mount where he preached his longest sermon uh, full of Old Testament references, right? Jesus, his Old Testament references related to his upcoming death and resurrection. Like Jesus one time in one of his uh, messages, he referenced the books of Isaiah, Hosea, Genesis, Micah, Malachi, Jeremiah, Zechariah, Deuteronomy, Exodus, Psalms, and Daniel, and Leviticus. That's a lot. Say a lot. That's a lot, right? A casual reader, right, isn't able to reference all of those books. So to remember and preach from all those passages, Jesus had to have soaked in Scripture. He would have had to know. And he did. As a child, all the Jewish boys had to go to school to learn the Torah. Who, who knows what the Torah is? Yeah? It's basically this. The first five books of the Old Testament. Some of y'all can't even memorize your address. <laughs> Some of y'all can't memorize your mama's phone number. You'd be like, what's your mama's phone number? I don't know. Let me look it up. Right? Like, people stopped memorizing phone numbers, like, when I was growing up. Right? Because when I was growing up, you, you had minutes you had to save on your phone. So you would use a landline. And you had to memorize your girlfriend's number. And then you had to risk that her dad might pick up. But hey, is Jocelyn there? Uh, who's this? Uh, I need help her. Yeah, lies. Right? I'm just trying to holler. But he knew all of the Old Testament, five books in Hebrew, right? And so as the years went on, right, the best of the best continued in those studies. But Jesus had to memorize huge parts, if not all of the Torah, memorizing Scripture in the best way you can meditate on God's way. So we also see through the passages Jesus doing it a few other ways. But when we memorize Scripture, it's like we digest it, right? So it's not just something pastors do. It's something you should do. Because memorizing Scriptures, for me... 
helps me in moments where I need truth, where I need help, right? It's kind of hard for me to like, if I need help and the Bible wants to do that, it's kind of hard for me to look for help if I don't know it, right? And so there's plenty of verses in the Bible that if you're struggling with something today, I can 100% guarantee you that the Bible has a verse that will encourage you in it. That there's a story, a verse, a song, a prayer, or a letter in the Bible that talks directly to your situation. And God wants to use those things. But unless you go and find those things and read them, you'll never digest it. So I'm talking about meditating on God's word. Here's another way that you and I find help for the hustle when it comes to meditating on scripture is talk about the Bible. Right? Talk about it. We see Jesus discussing Old Testament scriptures in his conversation with those men and with his disciples. It's a very awesome moment. And number three, as we continue, is connect your head to your heart. Connect your head to your heart. When I say talk about the Bible, it's like a lot of you have a lot to say about certain subjects that you really like. Like if I asked you about your favorite video game and you know everything about it, you will have a conversation with me for an hour about Warzone, about the new patches that are coming out, about the meta that's happening. And some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. But some of you do. Where are all my gamers at? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. By the way, Gigi is like low-key raise your hand, but Gigi clutched a Fortnite game at my house one time when I had the Jaywalkers over. And it was the craziest win I've ever seen, ever. And it was build. It was Fortnite. And she was outbuilding people. And she plays on Switch. It's amazing, right? So I'm able to talk to people, and they know a lot about a certain subject. But at the end of the day, like, what does that subject do anything for you? Right? What, like, talking about it does nothing. I've, I've never known someone to talk about the Bible and all that it is and not leave encouraged by it. Not leave encouraged by it. Number three, connect your heart, your head to your heart. What do I mean by this? So check this out. A lot of people just think that the Bible is just full of rules and laws, and although those things are in there as a guideline for the way that you and I should live life, right? We think that it's this legalistic book, right? Or it's just, like, non-applicable for today, right? So some of you think, like, this law is something that you should follow. It's like, I'm just going to follow these rules, or I don't want to follow these rules, and I'm here to tell you this. God's law without God's love is religion, not relationship. God's law without God's love is religion, not relationship. Pause for a second. Because I know there's people in here and that you've been thrown God's law. Like, God's law has been thrown in your face. You shouldn't get tattoos. Shouldn't pierce your ears. Whatever. Right? I'm tatted up. And I used to have big old plugs. I'm breaking all the laws. No. It's not. We'll talk about that another time. Right? And when we get this legalization Right, it's it's this this ways like this is how you should live your life, right? If you don't, you're wrong, you're a sinner, you're going to hell, and all these things. And what's happening is we see in the in the New Testament these religious leaders are living their life by the law, but forgetting God's love. And what that happens, it creates a work based faith. What do I mean by that? It means I've got to do A, B, and C in order for God to accept me. I've got to do all these things, right? I've got the Ten Commandments plus all the things Jesus taught. That's a lot. I don't know if I can do all that. And so a lot of us today think that Christianity ultimately is just following a bunch of rules that won't get us in trouble if we do, 
right? So if I follow all these rules, I won't go to hell. I've heard that growing up, and that, like, terrified me. And I'm like, my relationship with Jesus was, was really based on me wanting to escape hell and less to do about how awesome and loving God is. And so if you've encountered somebody that has thrown God's law at you without God's love, which means they wouldn't have thrown it at all, then ultimately what you experienced was religion, not relationship. That's what you experienced. So I'm saying God's law without God's love is religion, not relationship, right? So the old religious leaders that Jesus as a kid was talking to, they followed scripture to a T. They added new laws onto God's laws so people wouldn't break God's laws. And Jesus constantly told them that they were missing the whole point. Like 12-year-old Jesus, tell them you're missing it. You're missing the heart of God. They were missing a relationship with God. They were focused on doing or not doing rather than focusing on being with God. See, this is a hypothetical question, okay? So don't, don't raise your hand. But how many of you think that the goal of being a Christian is to do less of all the bad things and do more of all the good things? Think about that for a second. Some of us think that like, okay, here's the goal of being a Christian. I have to not do all the bad things. I have to do less bad things and do more good things. And if I do more good things, God will accept me. I want to say this to you today. That is a huge trap. It's a trap. And it's a lie. You see, when we try to be good people instead of understanding the good news, we miss it. So it's less about being a good person and more about understanding and receiving the good news. I'm not saying be a jerk. I'm not giving you a green light to trip people in the hallway, to throw gum in people's hair, and to start fights. Don't do that. I don't need a call from your teacher being like, they told me this guy named Pastor Isaac. No, because I'm not going to bail you out. Okay, I might bail you out, but it's all right. Like A lot of us think that it's this thing that you and I have to do and work for in order for God to accept us, and that's just not true. See, this is the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus fulfilled the entire law. So all of those rules, all of those regulations, Jesus lived a perfect life, right? 33 years of life, didn't make one mistake, lived a perfect life, which makes him a perfect candidate for us. And so Jesus is the only one who ever kept it perfect. And because of that, he's the only one that could absorb the wrath that every sinner that you and I deserve. That's from sin. You see, like, You're a saint because when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. You see, some of you tonight are hustling to be accepted by God. And I'm here to tell you, no amount of hustling can do that because God already chose you. God already chose you. Pastor Jason, wherever you're at, whoever's here, Ara, someone on the keys, you probably left. Go ahead, Ara. Yeah, if you want to just play key key of D, something. You think tonight... You've got to hustle, that you've got to grind, that you've got to get things going. I'm telling you that no amount of hustling is going to get you there. No amount of trying to clean yourself up. No amount of you saying, you know what, like, I'm going to stop cussing. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop drinking. And yes, you should stop doing those things because they're unhealthy. And ultimately, it's going to lead you on a path that, like, God hasn't planned for you. What I'm not saying is that you got to do all these things. What I am saying is, like, come, be with Jesus. He wants to be your friend. He's not asking you to hustle and clean your life up. 
He just wants to be around you. And you see in Scripture, when you read the Bible, when you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the New Testament, you see that Jesus hung out with those kinds of people. Hang out, he hung out with some of the roughest people, tax collectors, prostitutes, people who are formerly demon-possessed, murderers, sinners, alcoholics. That's the, that's the kind of people that Jesus hung out with. And he loved them. And he didn't say, hey, in order for you to hang out with me, in order for you to just spend time with me, in order for me to love you and you love me, then you've got to do all these things. Again, if you think that tonight, what you've encountered is religion, not relationship. God has chosen you. He loves you. Before the grind started, before you felt unworthy of forgiveness and grace, before you ever had a thought in your mind that maybe God couldn't love you, he already has and will always love you. Before you had a talk with yourself that disqualified you from God's love, before that conversation ever happened, God loved you. Because there's some of you tonight that you're saying, I can, I can hear that happen in your heart. You're like, like, here are A, B, and C. Here are all the reasons why I'm not worthy for somebody to love me. And they're flashing in your mind right now, even as you sit. You're like, Pastor Izzy, I understand what you're saying, but you don't know what I've done. And you don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what I did before I got here, Pastor Izzy. And you're telling me God loved me before I did it? Yes. God loves you. Everything about you, he loves you. He is crazy about you. How do I know that? He sent his son Jesus to live a perfect life, to die on a cross for your sins, carrying all of your mistakes on a cross so that if you decide to follow him, that, that, that invitation would be available to you. Not a, really a guarantee that you might follow him. He died anyway because the Bible says this. This is why, look, I'm memorizing scripture. Yet while we were still sinners, Christ died. While we were still making mistakes, while we were still missing the mark, while we were still hustling, while we were still grinding for things that wouldn't satisfy us, while we were still trying to get things that ultimately would leave us still empty on the inside, Christ died for you. God sent his son for you to live eternally with him if you were to choose so. So our life is lived in direct access to God when we follow Jesus. We don't need to go through anyone else to talk to God. Why? Because we're his kids. I'm his son. You're his daughter. You're his son. He loves you that way. He's our heavenly father. You see, the Bible is our access. What is the Bible? Why am I talking about meditating on the words that are on a page or on your phone? I love what I said here. It says, you see, the Bible is our access to his thoughts. You want to know what God thinks about? The Bible. Read the Bible. It's access to his thoughts, his wisdom for our lives, because his ways are better than us. You want to know how God thinks about man, about you and I? It's found in his word. How am I so passionate about God's love? How am I so passionate about your life, about seeing God move in your life? It's not just because I personally experienced God do amazing things in my life. But because I know that God is not a liar, that when I read scripture and it says that he's for me, not against me, I believe it. Because they're not just stories. It's God's heart. 
It's God's love. It's his voice. He's speaking to you through his word, encouraging us, building us up. That's why it's so important to read it. It's beyond school. It's beyond learning. It's beyond, like, what, what I see in this generation so far is we're biblically illiterate. We don't know the Bible. And why is it important to know the Bible? Because knowing the Bible means you know God. Knowing the Bible means you know the heart of God. Knowing the Bible means you know the things that pleases God, that makes him happy, that brings him joy. And you wonder why some of the things in your life aren't going as planned. And you wonder why you walk day and night and you feel empty on the inside and you feel lost in your thoughts and you're drowning in some of your insecurities and you're drowning in some of these things that you're dealing with. And I'm trying to offer you a life vest. I'm trying to offer you a lifeboat. I'm trying to get you out of the water. I'm trying to help you here. The world's been trying to take from you. My job up here is just to give you something. And that gift is knowledge of Scripture. That gift is the knowledge of Jesus. But don't just take my word for it. Read. I I don't want to read. Then you really don't love God. How can you say that? Well, if I love my wife, that means nothing if I don't spend time with her. That means nothing if we don't talk to one another. That means nothing if her and I don't communicate, if I don't understand her thoughts, if I don't learn about her. See, I can say I love her all I want, but unless those things happen, it's not love. So some of us tonight, you have this question, how can I grow deeper in God's love? It's found in Scripture. It's found in His Word. We get to soak in God's Word and in His truth, and when we do that, The Bible says it'll set us free. His truth, God's word, that is the truth. Some of you that are bound by your sin, some of you that are dealing with addictions that you have been trying to shake for years. You've gone weeks and months clean, but then you fall back, take 10 steps backwards. You've been trying to Loose the chains that are around your feet, that it's around your neck, that are around your wrist, the sin that you've been constantly in. You're trying to set yourself free when, when you don't have the keys. You don't. I'm just going to try harder. You're always going to try harder. You're going to fail every time. Where is freedom found? It's only found in him. It's only found in his love. It's only found in his word. Don't, 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 don't just take TikTok's word for it. Don't take Instagram stories or reels. Don't take their word for it. Well, I just read scripture whenever so-and-so posts it. Read it for yourself. Find out that God wants to set you free and watch him do it. Put him in a test. If you're struggling with something in your life, say, God, I heard today that in your word you'll set me free. And so let's do it. Because I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to feel like I have to earn this. Because apparently this is a free gift. So help me understand that. You're here tonight. And you're saying, man, I've been trying to do these things. I've been trying to clean my life up. And I just don't know where to turn. I'm here tonight to encourage you that the Bible has the answers. Not just the Bible, but God has the answers for you. God wants to help you. That's it. That's the message tonight. I'm not going to emotionally grab at you. I'm not going to try to manipulate you. You're like, well, you're kind of emotional. I'm passionate about you because I sat in your seat. I was your age, 
And I wish somebody would have had the, the guts. I wish somebody would have had the love to tell me, listen, all the things that you're doing that's trying to make yourself feel better, to set yourself free, it's not going to work. There's only one person that can set you free. There's only one person. And you need to learn about him. And you need to fall in love with him. His name is Jesus. So tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here, and you say, Pastor Izzy, here's the deal. I need help for the hustle. I've lived my life trying to convince myself that I have to work in order for God to love me. And I seem, it seems like I keep falling short. It seems like every time I make a mistake, I feel like God turns his face away from me. Every time I make a mistake, I feel like I'm unworthy. And some of you in here tonight, you feel like you came into the room and even then you're like, I, I feel like I shouldn't be here. I have a lot going on. I'm a part of some things that I shouldn't be a part of. I'm here to tell you tonight, those thoughts that are happening in your head, they're lies. And they're not of God. God is inviting you. God loves you. He wants to help you. He wants to wash you clean. He wants to give you life. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, if I were to ask you where you would spend the rest of your life, because... It's not if you live for eternity, it's where you're going to live for eternity. And is it going to be with God, free from disease, free from pain, free from sickness, free from sin? Or is it going to be in a place that ultimately was never made for you, that's separate from God? Tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to say, I need God's help. I want to be saved. I want to know about Jesus. I want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I want to learn about him, and I need his help for the very first time. If that's you, and you say, I want to be a Christian. I want to see what this is all about. I just need somebody to help me do that. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. You can put it right back down. Slip it up. Put it right back down. Solid hand. Slip it up. Put it right back down. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to have you come forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. If you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, and you want to give this a try. I see those hands. Slip up your hand and put it right back down. Awesome. Maybe you're here and you're like, hey, Pastor Izzy, like, I love Jesus. I, I, I honestly, I just need more of his help. I need more of his help with this brand new year. I got things going on. If you just need, you know, some leaders to pray for you, you know, just raise your hand. You just want some prayer. If you've been dealing with some stuff. I see that hand. So if I could do this, all my leaders, can you just line up the front? And before you guys, as my leaders come, if you raise your hand to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray a prayer with you, and I just want you to repeat it after me, because ultimately what it is that we're doing is that you're saying, I want to follow Jesus. So maybe you didn't raise your hand, because you're like, ah, oh, that's a lot. I just want you to pray this prayer. So here we go. If you all can just stand, stand across this place. Why don't you just stand? we're going to pray. We're going to pray this together because we're a family. Here we go. I want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, Lord Jesus. For too long, I've kept you out of my life. I know that I'm a sinner and I cannot save myself. By faith, I gratefully receive your gift of salvation. I'm ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for coming to earth dying on the cross for my sins 
and being resurrected on the third day. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to say welcome to the family of Christ. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it with your heart, then in this moment, you are saved. That means in this moment, you have an eternity set for you in heaven with God. And that's something to celebrate. So let's celebrate. Come on. Let's give God a shout of praise. That's awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. If you prayed that prayer and you're like, hey, Pastor Izzy, I prayed that prayer for the first time. Or I prayed that prayer and I really meant it even though I've been here. I want to have a conversation with you. I want to see how you're feeling. I want to see how I can pray for you. Another thing is this. Before we leave, before we leave, and I want to celebrate that. If you really prayed that prayer, I'm so excited for you. Guys, this is why we do what we do. It's for people to come to know Jesus. Because every single person up here has had an encounter with God. Every single person up here started out trying to work their life out, trying to get clean, trying to work and work and hustle and grind and try to make themselves feel worthy of anything. But it wasn't until these leaders experienced God in a real way, the life began to change. And so for some of you, your walk with Jesus seems impossible. But I want to see, I want you to see these leaders, they're doing it and they want to help you. And so that's why it's so important when XL Plus kicks off February 10th. Woo! With Clan Wars. It's going to be amazing. We're, we're going to see who's the, the next reigning champs of, of XL Plus Clan Wars. But that's why XL Plus is so important. Because I can come up here and I can yell, I can cry, I can scream, I can laugh, I can tell stories. But ultimately what's going to happen is you're going to need real help in real time. And XL Plus is a place where you can find community, where these leaders can tell you about all the things that has happened in their lives and how God can help you. Again, I always say this. Don't just take my word for it. Take their word. See the stories. There's so many stories up here of God's faithfulness. Every single person in here can at least relate to three of these leaders. If you need help, you want someone to talk to, you want someone to pray for you, these are the people to find. These are the people to find. And so I want everybody to just look on your seat. You see this. I want everybody to grab this and hold it up. I understand that. What kind of person would I be if I didn't resource you on where you can find help for the hustle? So I'm saying read your Bible. I'm saying meditate on God's word. And some of you are like, great. Where do I start? Everybody got one? If you do not have one, shout at me. Okay. He can have this one. Look at me, being prepared. Now I got one. So I want you to look at this. It says ways to study the Bible. So I don't want any excuses at some point. Like, well, my pastor didn't teach me how to do it. I'm helping you right now. I'm giving you a sheet of paper that says, here are some ways that you can start studying the Bible right now. Number one, begin your study with prayer. So before you start reading the Bible, say, hey, God, I need your help to understand this because some of this is confusing. So help me understand, and God will. Number two, make scripture memory cards. If you're like, hey, I want to like try to memorize scripture because I have a favorite Bible verse, right? You find a favorite Bible verse, memorize it. Write it down. Memorize it. Number three, journaling. Write down what you're learning. When you read a story, 
And you're like, man, I can relate to that. Write about it. Number five or four, read or share with someone else. So, hey, if you read something that you're like, I don't know what that means, ask somebody. Ask one of these guys. Follow me on Instagram, izzy.marty. Message me, DM me your questions, and we'll have a conversation. Let's do it. Number five, read or meditate with a group, your XO Plus group. Number six, listen to audio Bibles. Some of y'all for real can't read or don't like to read, and it really bugs you. So I get it. I'm not going to make fun of you for not being able to read. It's your journey, not mine. So we've got audio Bibles. We've got audio Bibles. Listen to God's word. Number seven, start a Bible reading plan. Some of y'all are like, I would read, Pastor. I just don't know. Like, I kind of forget. Right? So on the Bible app on your phone, you can start a plan that says, hey, this is every day at this time, this is when we read. Number eight, look up what you don't understand. Right? Look it up. Number nine, hey, don't get discouraged. God is pleased with any effort we put forth. So don't get discouraged if you don't know something. Right? God wants to speak to you. He wants to use it. So look at these things. If you want to start really reading God's Bible, I really encourage you to do so. But let me pray for you, and then we're going to go on our way. Lord, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the sacrifice he was on the cross that gave us an opportunity to live eternally with you. God, I know that there's nothing we could have done to earn your love. There's nothing we could have done to earn our spot in heaven to be called your son. All of those things happened because of your son, Jesus. So thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you for those who made a decision to follow Jesus tonight. Thank you for miracles that are happening that are going to happen in this room. God, I just pray that you would help us read your word. Because we know it's so much more than stories. It's so much more than a narrative. It's so much more than letters to churches and, and accounts of what your son Jesus. It's life. It's freedom. It's your heart. It's your mind. It's your voice for us. It's how you communicate to us, God, a special way. So I pray, God, that you put it on our hearts to spend more time with you during this fast to read your word, to be lovers of your word, God. Help us meditate on scripture our help for the hustle in Jesus' name. And everyone says, come on, everyone says, amen. Amen. Give God a hand clap one time. Awesome. A hand clap. Pastor Eric goes, pop. Thank you guys so much for coming to Excel. I'm so excited for what this year has for us. And so with that, be blessed. We'll see you next week. See you on Sunday. Peace.